raise your hand if you are tired of hearing all these buzzwords, including self-care. And then you see a nice little graphic of somebody in a bathtub with bubbles and champagne or rosé and this carefully curated caption. I want to dig into talking about what self-care really is and also how to actually implement it into your business. As busy entrepreneurs, we are slammed all the time. We have all these things we have to worry about, but today I'm bringing on Ashley Miller. She is a corporate wellness specialist. She works with large employers to help make the most impact she can for the most amount of people. And with wellness, that can be physical, which is what she's certified in, but we also talk about mental, emotional, and you can even take it to be spiritual care that we need to have in our businesses. I brought her on for us to talk about the four tips about self-care for entrepreneurs and how you guys can implement this into your business. So let's get started with episode 87 of the Business Bites podcast. Welcome to the Business Bites podcast, the podcast for busy entrepreneurs. Whether you're an online entrepreneur or seeking after brick and mortar success, this podcast brings you quick bites of content so you can learn and grow anywhere you are. Now here's your host, Rachel Brainkey. All right, Ashley, welcome to the show. I am so excited to talk about self-care, how it impacts entrepreneurs, but let's start with you, first of all, you personally and entrepreneurship. Share a little bit about your journey. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for having me. And in an effort to summarize this, being a Business Bites podcast, I'm going to just simply say this. Um, I have my master's in public health and nutrition, as well as being a two-time nationally master certified personal trainer. Um, and one of my other favorite credentials that I hold is being a BLS American Heart instructor. So I've been a trainer since 2012 and I could go on about my other credentials in my career, but I think it just speaks a little bit to my professional knowledge in my field. So I have worked in both corporate wellness and in a box gym as well as a personal trainer. And for those of you listening that don't know what a box gym is, that is just something that's local in your community. It might be where you go hire a trainer and get individual sessions there. Um, And so In doing that, something really didn't connect with me. I was having a hard time charging people $125 or more a session um, and then being capped out. So I'm capped out in my impact and I'm capped out in the amount of money that I was able to make. So if I'm working in an eight-hour workday, five days a week, at some point, my impact's only going to be that big, right? I'm only able to reach that many people. So I took what I knew and I was able to work with corporate fitness companies and make a bigger impact. So some of the companies that I've worked with in the past have 10,000 plus employees. So you can imagine how great that impact has Mm -hmm. grown. And then with online personal training, I have that flexibility, but I'm able to offer a higher quality service at a fraction of that cost. So that kind of led me down the path to entrepreneurship. That's cool. And you know, that's one of the things that I love about you. Ashley and I actually know each other, quote unquote, in real life. Like we've actually had lunch. We've actually met each other. We both really exist. Uh, But one of the things that draws me to Ashley is exactly what you were just saying, was the whole impact and striving to give back. And much like what this topic's going to be today, you can't have an impact if you also don't care for yourself. But before we get to that, I really kind of want to hear where did you have the point in your entrepreneurship journey where you realized maybe you needed self-care for you, or maybe you realized that others around you 
needed self-care? Or did you kind of already always have that mindset? I think it's a little different since you've always been athletic and fit and that's your field. Mine's a little backwards. I got into into entrepreneurship and then was burning the candles and then realized I needed the self-care. So which came first for you? I guess it's a chicken and egg question here. (laughs) Um, I would say probably doing this self-care and then realizing what a passion I had to Mm. help others, which I think is a good starting point for all people. And then realizing that you have the skills, you have the knowledge to turn this into something that's bigger than you. And a lot of people don't realize that if you work in the corporate fitness industry, you cannot um, work outside of that. So you you just can't have extra clients on the side. You can't have something that you're doing. So you have to really dive in and make a full commitment. Um, so definitely the self-care and putting my own personal health came first. And then it inspired me to grow and be able to help people in that way. Well, let's kind of define self-care because I feel like this is a term that is thrown around all the time now, right? We see pins on Pinterest. We see the graphics on Facebook where people talk about go self-care, go have time for yourself. But like really at the core of it, instead of just using it as like a flyby talking point, let's get to the core of really what self-care means. How would you define it if you were looking an entrepreneur in the eyes and they are just burnout or they recognize that they are not putting themselves first? How would you define it And then I guess the follow-up would be, how can they implement that definition in their life? Absolutely. So I think self-care, simply put, is defined as anything that's going to make you feel at peace. It's going to bring tranquility to you. It's going to relieve stress. It's going to bring a calming sense to you, if you will. And the best way to find that um, is simply through exploratory motions. So we all say, yes, I need more sleep or yes, I really need to work out or I need to go get that massage. But we have to put those things into action. So I think recognizing that they're not selfish things that we're doing, that they're actual that we need to implement in our lives in order to bring the best version of ourselves to something. So a couple analogies that kind of come to mind is we have this laundry list of things that we do each day. If someone's a mom, then they're taking care of their kids in multiple ways. If they're a spouse, they're taking care of their, their spouse or their partner in multiple ways. So why not take care of ourselves each and every day so that we can bring our best version forward? And you said the word selfish, and I actually have talked about this under my Fit Legally brand. I talk about being what's called a selfish mother runner, right? And it, you know, and, but it's in a good way because I feel like the term selfish has a really negative connotation because, and you guys can go look up the actual Webster's Dictionary definition if you want, but it really is focusing on oneself. And I don't necessarily think that selfish it should be a negative thing. In fact, I encourage people, I encourage entrepreneurs, I encourage maybe you're just on this podcast and you're not even running a business, but you have a lot of other obligations in life. What's the saying? You can't pour from an empty cup. So you have to fill you. You have to fill what you need in life. And I think selfish becomes negative when it becomes, when you're so focused on self and your interest above others in a predominant manner. And I think that's kind of where the balance and play comes into here is you can be selfish. You can guard your time and guard your care. Like you said, it's tranquility. And tranquility can mean a variety of things for people. When you first said it, I was thinking, oh, calming, sitting, reading a book. 
But then I quickly switched to what my self-care is, and it's running 15 miles, which can be tranquil. (laughs) It's not. Um, And and I think that's what's great about this conversation. I'm glad that we're having this is because I want – I want to flip the script on this whole self-care notion and what it really means. I mean, what do you do, actually? What does your self-care look like? So my self-care comes in a variety of forms, but, you know, I utilize it in one specific way. So I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about this here in a little bit, but I am a firm believer that you are only going to get the respect that you give yourself. So what I mean by that is... I carve out at least an hour a day for myself and some self-care things that I do, first and foremost, working out. But let's say I want to go and get a massage because I love a good massage and some muscle release there and a lot of tension release. But I'm going to use that same hour where I normally would work out and I'm going to use that to go get my massage. So depending on how I'm feeling that day, I'm going to be changing the Mm self-care and understanding that some days I might be able to fit in two hours of self-care. And like you said, it's not selfish to do that, but it's actually going to be beneficial to me and those around me overall. I like that you have highlighted this idea that it can change from day to day. Because even myself, if you had asked me at the very beginning of this, what is your self-care? Obviously, I would say going running or working out. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I have to pick what it is and I have to stick with it. But there's actually freedom and every day it could be something different. So you can rotate it. You can go through hobbies. You can go through whatever it is that you enjoy. And so I love that. I don't know. I just feel much more free knowing, oh, maybe tomorrow I'll just go sit and have coffee for an hour and not plug into the internet, not talk to anybody and just sit and be. And that's just as important as if I go and I run or what other other way, maybe reading or something else that I enjoy in my self-care. Um, which actually, so I guess it's kind of really our first tip here is identifying what is best for you and also knowing it doesn't have to be just one thing. Um, my subsequent question on that is how should entrepreneurs fit this into their busy lives? Yeah, exactly. So like you said, that kind of fell into our first tip and figuring out what self-care is and how that works for you and understanding that it can be multifaceted. It can change as you change each day. Um, So how to work that in is actually literally scheduling that in, I have found to be the most effective way. Mm -hmm. And whether it's a boss that you're meeting with or a family member that you're meeting with, that's your self-care time. And I don't move that time for anything. Yes, there's going to be emergencies or, you know, um, mm-hmm. times where we might change that, but I don't move it typically. If this is my self-care time and I've scheduled it at 4 p.m., let's say every day, then I'm going to stick to that. And that's going to be um, what keeps me accountable in that. So scheduling it out, get it physically actually on your calendar. You know, I love that because it's a non-negotiable appointment for the most part at that point. And it actually makes it harder than for me to make excuses and for me to say no. Um, And another thing with that, especially in light of, I would say my busy life, but we all have busy lives. If I don't get that self-care done first thing in the morning, so many things pop up during the day that there is a high probability that it's not going to occur later. Now, everyone's schedules may be different. I just found for me... 
if I don't schedule that first thing and I don't get that done, and it has other impacts too. It puts me in a better mood. I'm more relaxed. Mm-hmm. I'm a happier, nicer person, uh, probably because I've already ran out my half my energy for the day, um, which actually isn't far from the truth. You know, I, I'm an anxious person by nature, very uh, type A, control, uh, obviously, <laughs> as many of you well know, but that also can be a detriment, you know, being so high, strong and forward thinking and a strong personality can actually start to work against you to a point. And I find a way to rein myself in is by putting self-care first. And mine's obviously physical exertion. Um, So not only does it fill me, but it also is helping to temper my own emotional, maybe this is a bit more deeper than we wanted to get into, but also my emotional and physical needs, um, not just the whole, um, the brain power needing a little recharging. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And to kind of piggyback off of that, you know, with being flexible in that you said working out or doing your self-care in the morning is what's most beneficial for you. I would say that I have a type A personality too. And it really depends on the day and what I have going on that day. So if I'm going to be at home working from home that day, I have to get that workout in or that self-care done in the morning for the exact reasons you mentioned. But if I'm in an office all day and I'm having meetings back to back, then Honestly, I use that self-care at the end of the day to relinquish stress that has gone on throughout the day. And then just one more tip that I think the listener might find helpful is I always have gotten um, pushback if I tell someone, hey, I'm going to go work out and then I'll meet you somewhere. Sometimes people don't always relate to that. Or if you say I have self-care, then I'm going to go meet you. They might not receive that. So I've always found it helpful to say I have an appointment at X time. And it's with a client and that's all I really need to explain. And people really respect that and receive that well. And your real friends know you're going to roll up in spandex and a messy bag. (laughs) And they're going to be fine with it. (laughs) Yeah, they know what that code means. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting because especially I'm a people pleaser. I don't – and saying no is very difficult, although I've gotten better at it over the years. For me, like I said, it's harder for me. Once it's on the calendar, it's harder for me. Well, I guess I should flip it on the test. It's easier for me to be able to say no to people when I say I have an appointment or I have a commitment. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't need to know what it is. Um, And this especially is in light of if maybe you're working with clients, right? I was thinking up until now in the context of like colleagues, the people you work with, your boss, et cetera. But when I'm working with clients, you never really want to say to them, oh, hey, I'm going to go run instead of I can't meet with you in the morning because of that. Because it just sounds like you don't value them. Although right. they're probably entrepreneurs, they're probably perfectly fine, yada, yada. But it just has a, like a buyer's confidence in this element of you're sending them a message inadvertently. And so what you said is so spot on. Like I have a commitment or I have an appointment or I don't even tell them that it's available at all. I just say, here's the availabilities that I do have to talk. And I don't even give them that that morning's an option because guess what? It's not. Right. For my calendar, it's not at all. Um, yeah. So what other tips do you have at how we can kind of implement this self-care into busy entrepreneurship? Um, scheduling's a huge one. And, and for me, I guess my tip to throw out while you think on that is, and the audience knows this, I'm really big on batch processing. So like today, I have like four podcast episode recordings back to back because I can pull through this. I don't have to worry about trying to cobble my calendar together later um, and fit the pieces around the self-care and all the other obligations I have. 
Yeah, absolutely. That that makes total sense. And you can use all that creative energy kind of in that um, one setting. But I think the last really key thing to focus in on, and we touched a little bit on it already, is understanding the selfishness of it, that it's not a bad thing, mm-hmm. that it is definitely um, an okay thing to do. And I want to bring up a point. I read recently that athletes, professional athletes, spend an average of four hours a day on their self-care. So if a professional athlete mm-hmm. spend this amount of time on their self-care, I'm sure that we can carve out 30 minutes or 60 minutes a day to put ourselves first and understanding that we are so, so worthy um, of that and just giving ourselves permission to do that. So that's some kind of emotional internalizing, but it's really something that I think some people just need to hear that it is okay to have self-care and we are worthy of taking that time mm-hmm. for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go back to what you said a little bit ago, kind of as a last point to leave them with. You were talking about, um, and I might botch this, so you'll have to fix it, but respecting yourself in order to show respect. Do you want to expand on that a bit more? Maybe I botched that. Sorry. (laughs) No, yeah, that's completely accurate. So in order to get respect, you have to give yourself that respect first. And people are only going to give you what you give yourself. Mm -hmm. So piggybacking off of that same example that we've used earlier, in the past, I would give in and go meet friends or go have that appointment and move my appointments around so that I could um, cater to other people. Mm -hmm. And in turn, I wasn't giving myself that self-care, but using that um, version of making sure that I'm getting the respect that I need for myself and that I deserve and saying, hey, I've got this commitment or I've got this appointment and Mm -hmm. then sticking to it, um, I think is really what I meant there. No, I like that. I think that's great. And it's all about everything's about selling. It's all about marketing. It's all about the messaging, right? So it's all about how you communicate it to others. And it's now that everyone knows that what I do in athletics is a big part of my life. I is just commonly accepted. I can throw it out there and it's good and people respect it. But I did find in the very beginning, and some of you guys know my story, I was like a hundred plus pounds overweight. And when I was first starting, I was so scared to tell anybody, yeah, I'm using running as my self care because they would look at me and go, you can barely walk to the mailbox. Like you're using that for self care. And I just didn't want the judgment that it was attached to it. But once I started getting bold, and like what you're talking about and was respecting myself of what I was doing. And I'm not saying you guys have to go out and tell people about your self-care, but I think it's more of the message in line with the respect. Also respecting what you're doing for yourself, being proud of what you're doing for yourself. And again, you don't have to share it with anybody. But I do think, like Ashley just said, there's something to be said for um doing the self-care, being proud in it, respecting yourself enough to do it. And it's just going to shine through and show through confidence in other areas. And it can, that can only improve your life quality and your entrepreneurship in general. Absolutely. And sticking to it. So, you know, when you do get that initial pushback or that fear of judgment, because it's just reality, it's going to happen in some capacity. It's just sticking to it, making that commitment to yourself. And no matter what other people are putting out there on you, just stick with it. Like you gave the example of going to the mailbox. If that's your thing and that's what you're focused on for that moment of self-care, then you go every day and you do it no matter what people are giving you as far as feedback, because eventually you will outlast that feedback and you will get stronger through the process in a positive way. 
You know, and Ashley and I keep mentioning like athletics, but that's just because that's what's prominent in our lives right now. This really could be anything that you guys enjoy. Um, I know some people who do needlework. They, you know, I don't even know the first thing about doing it, but I actually do love hearing about it. So by getting involved with other people and asking them specifically about their self-care, um, you can get, get garner new ideas of what you could do for yourself. You can always be opened up to new hobbies. It's a new talking point for you to have with people. So look at this not just as like an individual activity, although that's where the most of the benefits are going to be. I think you also can utilize this element of self-care to network, get to know other people, create relationships. Um, and at the end of the day, if they don't know what self-care is, you can point them right back to this episode <laughs> and hopefully they can find something for themselves. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for this. Do you have anything you want to leave with them? If not, I'll wrap up and give them the info of where they can reach out and get more info from you. Um, I don't think so. I think we've really done a good job in covering some key points here today. So hopefully they found that very useful. Yeah, sounds great. Well, guys, please make sure you're going to run over, and gals, not just guys, run over to rachelbrinkie.com forward slash EPI87. We'll have show notes, transcript, a link to all of Ashley's stuff. And there's also going to be a link to the Business by Facebook group. Please dig in. We are actually going to be doing a large giveaway coming up in October. For my birthday, I do it every year, and it's always Rachel's favorite things. You guys can get notified of that through the Business Bites Facebook group or else on the email list at rachelbrainy.com forward slash free checklist. That has a free legal checklist for you. I Guys, it is great today to talk about this. Please commit to this. Jump into the group and let us know what you're doing for self-care, other ideas for other people, and let's get focused on succeeding in our business but also succeeding in life. Thanks for joining Rachel on this episode of The Business Bites. For show notes, a list of recommended tools, or referenced episodes, you can find them at businessbitespodcast.com. Until next time.